No, it doesn't work. The theme music doesn't work. Oh, no, it doesn't. Hmm. Over everybody. Okay. Thank God it's Friday. 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 And then there's a then there's a language warning. So I can't. Discretion. Listen to discretion. If don't listen if you're not allowed to. That's my new form of language warning. Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Share at the ABC and Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover, and this week with the music from the UK, please welcome Tom Walker. And our panel, Tommy Dean, Gary Eck and Jean Kitson. Yeah. And our audience from Kuma, Candillo, Mooney Ponds, Wollongong, Rockhampton and Oxford, England. Yeah. But first, as always, here is the news from nowhere. The whole state is in drought. The whole state is trying to save water. I say, let us look to the wisdom of our teenage boys Because as a teenage boy, I conserved water with the best of them. I never showered, cleaned my teeth only occasionally, didn't need to shave, forgot to flush, and left all the dirty plates in the sink for later, as I called my girlfriend at the time. I also failed to water pot plants, even ones left to my direct care, with the result that they died never to require a drop of water again. Success. In retrospect, I was a water crusader, an environmental saint. If the 19-year-old me was around right now, the Green Movement would give me a medal. What others called grubby, skanky and downright stomach-turning was merely a zealous attitude to water conservation. With Australia now facing a water crisis, I look back over the conversations I've had with various male flatmates over the years and I find in them a veritable how-to guide to water savings during this drought. One, clothes don't need to be washed. They merely need to be rested. (laughs) Just spread them in a thin layer all over your bedroom floor, (laughs) dropping them wherever you happen to take them off. The bedroom will soon be enveloped in fumes, that's true, but these fumes represent the cleaning process in action. The odours prove that dirt is leaving the clothes and entering the air. You can figure out the science yourself. The more fumes, the more cleaning action you have going on. At the end of a couple of weeks, you pick up the T-shirt nearest to you, pop it on, and think of the water you've saved. <laughs> two, place a brick in the toilet system. After a while, you'll realise this means you have to flush two, three or four times with every use, so pitiful is the amount of water now in the system. Your water bills will be huge. At this point, remove the brick from the system and pop it inside the toilet bowl itself. <laughs> the sight of a large red house brick inside your toilet will put off most people and suddenly your water bill will shrink. No, thank me. Don't... Ever shower with a friend. Showering with a friend, these sort of showers can go on for hours. My advice, shower with an enemy. The more the two of you hate each other, uh, an ex-partner would be good, the quicker will be your shower. Don't clean the toilet. If the manufacturer expected them to be cleaned, why would they bother fitting them with a lid? The wisdom of the young teenage male. The shower recess does not need cleaning, not by you, not by anyone else. Remember, every time you have a shower, 
the shower has a shower. <laughs> there's hot water, there's solvents, there's occasionally singing. If that's not cleaning the shower recess, I don't know what is. <laughs> if something does by accident get washed, never use a steam iron to press it. Just place it between your mattress and the bed base and sleep on it for a few weeks. <laughs> the wisdom of young men. Stop criticising young men. <laughs> All our lives, people have criticised young guys, visiting girlfriends, the occasional tidy male, mothers, real estate agents, council rat catchers. <laughs> All of them make plain their feelings of disgust. They criticise and they complain. Oh, that we knew then what we know now. Steady on, mate, we'd have said. I'm just trying to help out with the drought. And that's the news from nowhere. Hey. Uh, Tommy Dean, Gary Eck, Gene Kitson here. Welcome. Yes. Thank Welcome. you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to I check that you're up with this week's news. Mm. Who has divided the nation into the paths and the pav-nots? <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> you answer the question, though. I like the question. I thought you were continuing, continuing with that. No, no, yeah. after you. I don't mind. Do you want to go, Gary? No, you can. no, 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 I don't mind. Oh, well, no. this, is a, this is Scott Morrison. Yes, it our is. Our Prime Minister. Yes, it is. Who is trying to help us support the strawberry um, sector. Yeah. Is yeah. it a sector? Yeah. Um, by encouraging us to eat more strawberries and suggesting that we might like to do it on pavs. Yeah. He's also suggesting 15 years as a minimum. Yep. For anyone who adulterates the strawberries, yeah. which is, and so far only children um, <laughs> have uh, been busted yeah. for this highly dangerous sabotage. Yeah, and but they'll, will... they'll, they'll be adults once they get, once they get out. <laughs> well, they won't, get, they won't have 15 years. They'll just receive the full weight of a juvenile caution, <laughs> which is um, not going to work unless the caution is delivered by a slipper or a wooden spoon across the bum. <laughs> and then only if the caution is put up on Instagram. Um, Maybe you could offer your services to the Prime Minister to discipline the juvenile. I would, I would discipline them. I mean, 15 years in Victoria, I mean, it sounds butch, but in Victoria would probably translate to a stern hug and a free Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> I'll discipline them, all right. But the pavs. Oh, yeah, are you going to make a pav? Are you going to make a pav? Look, I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go on here, but I, I made, I've made three pavs this week already, and I have the ultimate no, no fail pav recipe. And in the interests of our national interests, I'd yeah. like to share the pav okay, recipe yeah. with you. And, okay, and this is Gene Kitson's Save the Strawberry Industry Now Pavlova recipe. Yeah, well, we've been eating pavs with every at every meal, three three pavs uh, every. <laughs> Sitting, you know, entree, main, yeah. dessert, pav. 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 Um, What's a main course pav involve lamb chops on top? <laughs> Strawberries. <laughs> no, the, pav, the this is foolproof and, it, and it's been printed possibly since Federation on the back of the White Wings cornflour packet. And I have tried every single pav recipe you could possibly imagine trying to get the perfect pav, and this is the perfect pav. And the, I'm not, it's not product placement. This is, as I said, in the National interest. Yeah. And there's only four ingredients in a pav and yeah. one of them is cornflour. Yeah. Gene is getting free mm. cornflour from life off yeah, white wings yeah, because of this. Yeah, you white wings. Um, but they tell you when to 
to blend these, when to beat them, when to put them in the oven, how to cool down a pav. You can almost smell the gingham apron behind this recipe. So when to beat them, that's the kids, is it? Yeah. <laughs> With a wooden spoon and a slipper. Get those egg whites. And then, and and it's just a foolproof pav. Because some of my pavs that I tried, like Nigella and Jamie, and even the Australian pavs, you know, some you could use as a Frisbee. Some you could, there was soup depending on the recipe. But the only thing the White Wings packet doesn't tell you is what to do with the six leftover egg yolks, which I think is panna cotta. So I reckon the pav, panna cotta takes strawberries, so the pav mm-hmm. for main course and then the panna cotta for dessert. There you go. See, that's patriotic, it seems, isn't it? It's weird. It, is. it seems like you're really saving the egg industry here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many strawberries really go on a pav? It's like 700 eggs and a few strawberries <laughs> on top. Right now the egg farmer's going, thank you very much, thank you very much. Yeah. We've just we've just tripled our cell. It's been interesting, this whole strawberry. Um, but the copycats, are, that's what kind of amazes that's me. That's the main thing, yeah. I mean, now they've found like a, I think a needle in a banana, a mango, an apple, and someone's claimed, and I personally don't believe this, but someone reckons they found a needle in a haystack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some cow was chewing and, uh, yeah. Somebody bought a packet of needles and there were strawberries in it. Yeah, so that's so <laughs> Very difficult. Uh, Tommy, this is, this is look, there, you know, I, I'm actually quite exercised about this. I hate these people who've done this. We've got this beautiful, beautiful food supply mm. from fantastic farmers and people are stuffing it up. There are, you know, there are 25 million Australians, mm. of which 100 are morons. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. I would, uh, I would argue with your math. <laughs> <laughs> I have been to Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> who happily yeah. do not take this broadcast. <laughs> not Someone even from in Rockhampton <laughs> here. And they've got a gun. <laughs> Rockhampton is beef country. They wouldn't even think to have strawberries. Yeah. Too much meat to have in that pine place. Mate, they were eating the strawberries yeah. with the needles in them. No it's surprising. I mean, clearly, I mean, clearly it's terrible if we are discussing this seriously. Mm. Uh, since this is a comedy program, mm. I would point out that the Kinder Surprise industry has for years <laughs> had something in the middle. We didn't know what it was and we loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm surprised. And sometimes you like your surprise. <laughs> And other times, not so much. <laughs> so Woolworths should just be saying strawberries. Value added. Yeah. Mm. Strawberry, Strawberry surprise. surprise. Exactly. This, is, this was a big thing in the 80s. In the 80s, when I, uh, trick-or-treating was a big problem because people would put uh, razor blades in the fruit. Mm. Uh, so we used to literally have to take our bag of candy to the local hospital, and they would run it through the x-ray machine to test your candy oh, really? for razor blades. Uh, this was before, mind you, we knew that sugar was a poison. <laughs> so it would have been How better. Would you get a razor blade like in like a jelly bean? Like, has I, I, could, I can't tell you because it would promote it. <laughs> it okay, is more complicated right. than you think, but easier than you would know. Okay, all right. uh, no, and the hospital provided okay. this service free. It provided the service. Oh, you could okay. just make a big deal to come down and... And then you had to share your candy with the nurses. There was trade-offs. Um, <laughs> but it's truly, it's, it's weirdly terrible. It is weirdly terrible. I also weirdly, I don't, I don't understand the reaction in some places. I don't know that adding five years is a deterrent. <laughs> I think that's weird that we try to legislate. Yeah. If you've already got a 10-year in plan, uh, in play, I don't think adding to it makes it worse. I was going to do it, but now yeah. I know it's 15 years. And then years. thirdly, I mean, of course, clearly there's criminal, uh, but it would just, it's like many of the jokes when there's always, if you've been sent to jail mm. for something and you're up again, what are you in for? I killed my entire family. <laughs> what are you in for? I, uh, fruit tampering. Stuck a needle in some fruit? Yeah. <laughs> you're a monster. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> 
All right, from this week's news, who has cooked up what looks like a great endeavour? Who has cooked up what looks like a great endeavour? This is exciting, isn't it? Mm. Isn't it fun to find (laughs) history on the bottom of the The ocean? The ocean, yeah. Captain Cook's uh, endeavour. Yeah, they think they've found it. Yeah, which I, to be honest, never even realised where it had gone. (laughs) I don't think any of us were going, wonder where that ship ended up. But, uh, yeah, it's ended up in uh, Newport off Rhode Island. It's, it's been there. It's been there for quite a few years. It was, funnily enough, yeah. renamed, I didn't realise, it was renamed Lord Sandwich, uh, which is kind of strange considering its ties with Australia. I would have thought Lord Sausage Sizzle or, <laughs> hey, what about Hey Lord, Your Shout would have been more kind of appropriate because um, the French were doing the same thing. They had, like, Monsieur Baguette and uh, <laughs> Lord Croissant. And, uh, but there's like 13 ships in Newport, which they sunk. They, 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 they sank them on yeah. purpose because the French were coming in as part of the, mm. the War of Independence. The French were about to invade the harbour, so they sank, the British sank 13 ships to kind of what, what seal would, off the harbour. That'll teach them we'll sink the ships. <laughs> and therefore they will just sail over the top of us. Good move, everybody. How dumb is that? Well, they had the mast there. They provided a kind oh, of... Yeah, like it was. But it was sort of, ah, yeah. That's why the French are good sailors now when they do America. America's Cup, you know, because they're used to going around those miles. Well, it is all, you know, it's a, yeah. And then then, because we love going under the water so much, we invented an entire class of a marine vessel named after the submarine sandwich. (laughs) 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 That's how we found the endeavor. We found the Lord's sandwiches (laughs) in a sub. Don't applaud him, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So I just got the joke. (laughs) I'm thinking, why is this audience laughing? And then I'm like, oh, my God. It was, it was so bad it was good. They were laughing with pity. <laughs> I'd be very scared in a submarine and then I would call it a pan au chocolat. Oh, That's not even very oh funny. God. No, like, because I'd just be, yeah, because it'd be brown. But no, it doesn't matter. Um, I know. I don't even know why I explained that. But let me tell you about, like, Captain Cook was possibly the greatest navigator ever. and But the Navy. The, uh, wasn't very notably sentimental about the endeavour. And it was a bark, for one thing. And a bark is the naval equivalent of a truck. You know, like it's not a fancy yeah. ship. And it was very inexpensive. It was practical. It was unlikely to sink unless it hit something or someone pulled out the bung, which I ended up doing. But she started out as a coal hauler and then ended up as a troop carrier. And then, as you say, she was sunk to block this harbour. And considering where the endeavour had been, this is the, the equivalent of using the moon landing capsule or the Mars Explorer as landfill for a speed bump. <laughs> this is a hugely significant vessel. Don't, don't, they... tell, don't tell Scott Morrison he used to be a coal carrier. He'll put it, put it back into service. <laughs> <laughs> and now, because everyone's fighting about who owns it, you know, it's the British who built it or the, the Americans mm. who sank it or us because we want it. There's nothing you know, left like, of it, though. There's very little there's left of it. Left. It's no. like a plank of wood. Yeah. Exactly, so. exactly. I think but it's our plank of wood. It's our plank of wood. <laughs> Stay where she is. Actually, we've got a replica we could just send over. If the, if the, oh, if the Americans kick mm. up a fuss, we should send over our replica and mm. sink her yeah. in yeah. Newport <laughs> yeah. and so that the America's Cup will be sabotaged. Yeah. yeah. This will show you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sink another endeavour. <laughs> All right, last question from this week's news. Who went beyond the pale when it came to a, an attempt at a parliamentary motion? Who well, it's funny that I made pale. a Queensland joke earlier and here we are again. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, this is the right honorable member for what the... Uh, <laughs> Pauline Hanson. Yes. Uh, leader of the One Nation debacle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she is about to put forth a uh, a motion. Yep, in Parliament. In the Senate. motion in Parliament, uh, because and it's I didn't very, realize it's a very simple motion. Very simple motion, and it's one that has plagued me all of my life. <laughs> and I am so glad. It's weird to stand here saying now that I finally, for once, agree with Pauline Hanson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't realize because something something's always bothered me my entire life. A little something inside of mm-hmm. me didn't feel right. I didn't feel what's the word I want? Okay. <laughs> I, something just didn't feel okay. But finally, someone has stood up and said, it's okay to be white. That's her motion. She wants to put a formal motion yeah. to the parliament. And as I look out over this crowd it's okay, of it's okay okay to be white. people, yeah. you're all okay. <laughs> I'm looking at all of you right now, and I want you to know it, it will be okay. Yeah. I know that... Get through this. <laughs> almost all the entirety us. of human history has been against you, mm. white people. <laughs> But finally, Pauline Hanton is going to make it right. Mm. It's okay. For centuries, we've been persecuted, persecuted. white people. Yeah, I've had it tough. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly getting turned back yeah. everywhere I go. It's mm. awful. Yeah. yeah. You've got, you got bad sun, sunburn, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah well, that's because I've got a bald head. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it is stupid. It's, it's the so most stupid. ridiculous thing most I've ridiculous ever heard. Thing I've ever heard. And like, I don't know, there's, some, there's a T-shirt or someone was wearing a T-shirt. Yeah, she's got this from that Canadian right-wing activist who was here and she yeah. got off the plane from Canada with this T-shirt saying, it's okay, okay. to be white. Yeah. And, yeah, of course it's okay. It's, you know, it's, like, mm. it's like saying the water is wet. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, or yeah. the sky is blue. Yeah. 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 Just sort of reacting, though. Like, I'm, I mean, yeah, it's stupid. But the, last week um, we heard that the actress Anne Hathaway wants to eliminate whiteness. That's how's what she, she said. How's she she wants, do that? Well, which was, would be a normal piece of sort of celebrity virtue twerking, except that <laughs> Anne Hathaway is possibly the whitest person <laughs> on earth if you don't count Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> You know, and I and I also really don't think she gets this racism thing, does she, when she says things like that? I mean, I suppose when the airheads and the genuine genocidal nutters are saying the same thing, some sort of protest T-shirt is, you know, like is inevitable, but really it's okay to be white is not very rousing, is it? <laughs> it's like it's okay to be size 12, <laughs> you know, like why don't we have a T-shirt that just says it's okay to be. Yeah. Or, or just okay. It's okay. Yeah. Or just okay. Oh. The only, no. way, the only yeah. way it makes any sense is if she's talking about laundry. <laughs> because it is one of the most mm. complicated systems in the world, but it is one of the few places where being white is dangerous <laughs> and easily wiped out. All it takes is one red scarf. <laughs> and there are a, a million soaps that are dedicated to making your whites whiter. You got to separate the whites. So I'd like to just say to all of you wearing white clothes, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay to be white clothes because we have the technology now to keep it clean. You can separate whites and colours without being accused of being South African. (laughs) Bring segregation back to the laundry room. (laughs) We have Tommy Dean, Gary Eck and Jean Kitson here. Thank God it's Friday. Now, Bert and Ernie are gay, according to the man who created the characters. Not true, says Sesame Street, uh, the program that broadcasts the characters. Sesame Street says they are felt puppets. 
therefore they do not, this is a quote from the Sesame Workshop, they are felt puppets, therefore they do not have a sexual orientation. Uh, do you agree with that assessment? And what other children's characters may have more to them than is immediately apparent? Gary Eck. Look, I mean, it doesn't really matter if they're gay or not, Bert and Ernie. Mm. I mean, who cares? I mean, why deny it? Embrace it. I mean, run with it. Mm. I mean, they could, they could launch a whole new career of Bert and Ernie. They could do a remake of Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> you know? hey, hey, Bert, you want to go camping, Bert? <laughs> Come on, Bert. I don't know, Ernie. What if, I don't know about the wives. What about our wives, Bert? <laughs> oh, don't worry about the wives, Bert. Snuffleupagus is going to be there. Big Bird, it's gonna be great, Bird. <laughs> I just, I can see a whole, I can see a whole. You can see, you're all looking at me, going, Gary's enjoying that. <laughs> it is kind of fun to go, hey, Bird. <laughs> I can see a whole kind of hashtag Me Too Muppet movement coming along. You know, I'm Kermit the Frog. Uh, I felt her hand inappropriate, uh, moving my mouth. Uh, <laughs> it's all getting wrong, I know. Um, well, Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy was, uh, she, 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 um, she, she harassed Kurt, yeah. really. It was kind of like a harassment, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But, but there are also relationships, though. It seems weird to deny across the board that Muppets don't have a sexual orientation when quite clearly they there are. was a sexual tension between Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's uneasy, though, an uneasy sexual sort of <laughs> orientation between a pig and a frog. It's sort of <laughs> cross-species, don't you think? But, but she can always dress about. up and, you know, oh, I'm going to look great. Yeah. And See, then... that's the thing. First gay marriage and then you've got Tommy defending the marriage between a frog and a pig. Yeah, but yeah. luckily they didn't yeah. actually do anything. Otherwise we'd have to explain their children, children. to our children, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. That'd be weird. Greta. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of very weird really creature lurking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I practice a lot. I, I'm alone a lot at home. So, <laughs> but they have a lot. But there's a lot of orientations. Like you know, if you look at the Muppet Show mm. outside of Sesame Street, but the Muppet Show, uh, and I forget their names now. But the band, uh, they they were they were clearly into drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of drugs. Because it, it was Clyde. Clyde was a Clyde was the, the bass player. The well, animal, animal, animal yeah, was the drummer. Animal. He was clearly yeah, well woo. past it. Yeah. Uh, the bass player. Mm. Oh man, he was always groovy. Yeah. And his girlfriend was was she was hanging around. And what about yeah. the two the, the two old guys in the balcony, the hecklers? Gay ass. Gay ass. Statler and Waldorf. That's right. Statler and Waldorf are the old geezers. Yeah. That's Bernie and Ernie, just older. Yeah. Well. <laughs> But I'm glad we don't have to worry about their sexual orientation or their relationships. Otherwise, we'd have to worry about the two-headed monster's relationship <laughs> with itself or something, you know, like... And anyway, how can you have a sexual orientation? Well, I mean, it would be sort of stifled because you've got someone's hand up your yeah, clacker yeah. the whole time. <laughs> anyway, you know, they're puppets. Oh. I mean. But the guy who created... So it's gonna just so we're clear, they are Muppets. They're Muppets. They are, oh, right. they are they're Muppets. Muppets. Yeah, so, yeah. And Frank Oz <laughs> and Jim Henson spent a lot of time in their yeah. life differentiating <laughs> between a puppet and a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> they are a Muppet. Uh, are there other children's characters who, who uh, may be more than they seem? Well, yeah. I yeah, an so. entire history of pantless bears. <laughs> <laughs> what is up with the shirt-wearing, no-pants bears? Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. No bear wears pants. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh's the worst. <laughs> well, Humphrey's, Humphrey's the greatest. Yeah. And what, where's right? Humphrey now? Yeah, question mark. <laughs> Big question mark. <laughs> I reckon the Flintstones, like... 
like Fred and Barney spent a lot of time together. Wilma right. and Betty spent a, long, a lot of time together. I think they, that was just marriages of convenience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I reckon something else was, yeah. I mean, that's what they were, you know, because back then it was the Stone Age. You yeah. couldn't talk about it. <laughs> I mean, but you can hardly also... talk about it now. Do you, do you come out back in the Stone Age, that's a big deal, isn't it? But just given the canon, that it would suggest that all relationships are on the rocks. <laughs> but the kids were eating Bam Bam and Pebbles. I think there's a lot of codependency S and M relationships. Look at the Coyote and Roadrunner yeah, yeah. and, and um, Sylvester and Tweety Bird, Elmer Fudd and the Rabbit. They're there's a lot of violence going mm, by yeah, the Rabbit and the Duck. Yeah, S and M. They are codependent. They rely on each other a lot. And then there's um, Daffy Duck. Has a strange. Well, it's not a sexual thing, but he's a little. He demonstrates a bit of paranoid psychosis, really, <laughs> doesn't he? No. I mean, as as actually Tom Walker mentioned Oasis, and as Noel um, once said of Liam Gallagher, Daffy is a duck with a fork in a world full of soup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's Daffy. Yeah. But and then there's Pepe Le Pew. He was amorous all the time. Yeah, but, he was. Yeah. So he was a skunk, wasn't he? Mm. He was the skunk who went after. He liked cats Pepe and poodles and things, yeah. but but they didn't respond. And no one. Mm. I don't know. Gee, it's I don't a know weird world we expose our children to. It yeah. was really weird because they, they were weird. weird. But to be fair to Pepe Le Pew, uh, he <laughs> didn't know the cat was a cat. It was always mm. well established that the cat had somehow accidentally Paint. been painted to look like a skunk. Yeah. So he thought he was playing within the skunk line. Mm. And that's why there was confusion. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that is also why it's deeply disturbing that he cared. But it's, I mean, you look, they're all disturbing. Had, like yeah. Humpty, Humpty Dumpty, you know, fell off a wall. Yeah. I think he was just in a bad relationship and he was pushed. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, things are tough, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird that they sent all the king's horses. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Yeah, not just I just guessed it. We don't know which one of these guys knows how to put an egg back together. <laughs> but if we take all, all the horses yeah. between them. Yeah, there's a good they, chance yeah. one of them will know how to put this <laughs> egg back together. And once you've done that, you can take all the egg yolk and make a pavlova. Oh, <laughs> Or use a and, you, and use as many as two strawberries. <laughs> two strawberries. <laughs> uh, thank God it's Friday. Are we ready for the wheel of death, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Well, of course we are. Our lovely audience, when they came in through these random topics on this chocolate wheel, today's topics are what? Na- yeah. Nations? Sure. Nations. Oh, notions. 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 Uh, notions. Actually, technically, the word is haberdashery, but I translated it. N- notions. Uh, eclectic, is that right? Yeah. Uh, f- fizzing. F- f- what? Fishing. What? Fishing with a pH. What's wrong with the? What are, what's wrong with you? Oh, they're so weird. Fishing with a pH. Russian tourist. With a pH. Userer. You userer like a person who charges interest rates. Oh, is that what that is? I suppose so. Is it? Is that what it is? A user. Okay. Gosh, that's weird. Um, ca- Captain Kangaroo Scoop. Oxford. Oh, I know who suggested yeah. that. The lady from Oxford. <laughs> exactly. Uh, manscaping, patchwork, nanny, library, flower girl, French horn. Uh-huh. And we <laughs> Say that again. French uh-huh. horn. <laughs> okay. uh-huh. Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Today's topic, random topic for Tommy Dean, is notions. Haberdashery. Notions. Why was notions haberdashery? Haberdashery is notions. What? Haberdasher is a keeper of a shop in which they sell a variety of notions, uh, which are the things that you need to, uh, you know, darn your socks. Is this an American word, is it? Uh, I believe it is uh, from the Latin. 
Sorry, mm. not. I've never heard that before. Oh, come on. Come on, Richard. <laughs> Grow up. Come on. Oh, didn't you... So the, the, the word for it, like Manchester is sheets and stuff. Notions is sewing. Yeah, buttons, sewing, threads. Uh, appar- uh, I don't want to say needles, but you know how it is. Uh, needles. Yeah. Uh, uh, floss, embroidery floss. Uh, ABC, education driven. lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And the reason I know this uh, is because my uncle was a haberdasher. He was a haberdasher. And he worked at, uh, his name was Harold, and he was called Harold the Haberdasher. H-H. <laughs> That's what they called him. They called him Harold the Haberdasher. And uh, you'd go to his shop, and in his shop they did a variety of things. Because Notions, as you imagine, uh, wasn't a huge seller on a day-to-day level. <laughs> so, so he also was, uh, what's the name of the, I was the, what's the company here you see in all the malls that make keys? Uh, Mr. Minute. Mr. Minute. Uh, he also had that shop as well. Mm-hmm. So he was a small notions. Uh, he, he mostly, but uh, he was more of a, like a half cobbler. Uh, he, he, you know, he could cut keys. Half cobbler. Mm. <laughs> like but a he only does a right-handed boot. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't very good, to be fair. He wasn't very good. Uh, but he, his joke used to be, uh, when they hobble in, Tommy, one of the heels on their shoes, they hobble on the right foot, but they hobble out on the left. So it does work out. So his job wasn't to fix the shoes so much as balance the problem. That was his goal. If he could make both shoes equally damaged, <laughs> job was done. Uh, he was also a minister in the Baptist church, uh, still is. Uh, the Baptist church, if you're not aware, very much uses your system of government. Uh, it's, a, it's basically the Westminster system. Like they have the ministers. So you have the, the prime minister, which is the pastor, and he's sort of the prime minister. He looks after the church. And then all the various ministers have a portfolio. So my uncle's uh, portfolio was uh, the aged care portfolio. So he looked after all the old people in the church, or as they're called there, the keen agers. Yeah. So it was his job to visit them at the hospital and uh, then do their funerals. <laughs> While they're at the hospital. Well, no, that's mostly, I think, about, that used to be the joke, that he would go to the hospital just to get notes for the eulogy. <laughs> and he was also the town chaplain. Uh, so his job as the town chaplain, a small sort of rural town, uh, but he was the chaplain, so when anything tragic happened, that the police would come to, the, to, to tell you that, uh, you know, you're, something terrible had happened. Uh, he would be the, the, the pastor that came along and said, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> That was his job. So the police would say, oh, terrible things happened. There was a terrible car accident on the highway. And then he would say, uh, really sorry that that happened. And God has a plan for all of us. <laughs> and if you need a new set of keys. So anyway, I'll see you on... Uh, no, you're saying, if they were older, he'd say, by the way, uh, we have a church social on Wednesday. <laughs> so he was a spruker for the church as well. We have uh, ice cream. It'd be quite nice. Make you feel better. Nothing makes you feel better than ice cream. Ice cream and God's grace. <laughs> Wednesday. And on Sunday, we'll remind you that you'll probably go to hell regardless. <laughs> I'm slightly cynical about chaplains. But the point is, everyone in the church had all the buttons on their shirt. <laughs> he wouldn't let that, wouldn't let that go. And that was job one. I mean, all that other stuff was just volunteer. But God's real plan was to make sure that your button was in place with the right floss and uh, that your shoe was uh, prepared to a minimum standard. And he also liked it if you had an extra key for your front door. (laughs) Uh, So those were the three things that Uncle Harold did. Uh, He also did a very excellent Jimmy Carter impersonation. Not a lot of people did Jimmy Carter impersonations back in the day. Uh, My uncle sure could. But the main memory of Uncle Harold, and I say that like he's dead, but he's not. (laughs) 
He's still oddly very much alive. Uh, he was a redhead, the only redhead in our family, uh, to which we used to say, God has a plan <laughs> for everyone. But his beard would grow in white even when he was a young man. Uh, so he used to have to dye his beard red to match his hair. Uh, so the, that was the greatest. We used to love going around on dye day because in the, it was in the early 70s, uh, he would have to use some sort of weird chemical and then he would have to saran wrap his face. So, so what he looked like was macerated strawberries <laughs> pressed up against his hairy face. And then, and then he would walk around uh, in his uh, cobbled shoes and uh, just remind you about how good God is. <laughs> if it was the 70s, he would have used henna. I don't, I don't know. Don't you? Well, I used I to ask know. him, why didn't he just pray for it to come in red? <laughs> God's plan. Yes, it's, always, it's always weird. I rarely do Christian jokes, but it's always weird that when I do, it's the day we brought all the Christians in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works out, but it always feels like we brought the church bus down when I'm... <laughs> Going to get my minor blasphemy on. <laughs> so I apologize, but luckily, as all of you know, Jesus is quite forgiving. No, your voice is, you could deliver a sermon yeah. easily. It feels like a sermon today. It's really good. Do you know my favorite? Do my, they all talk like you talk? <laughs> no, my favorite, though. We, we, it was, it was Baptists, Baptists are very sort of brimstony. So, you know, most of the, you know, come on now, and I just want to remind you that if you don't get down on your knees and look to the Lord, there will be trouble coming in your life. <laughs> don't forget on Wednesday, we need more ladies to bring cookies. <laughs> the last couple of Wednesdays, there's been complaints, there's been far too much ice cream and not enough cookies, so if a few of you fine ladies could make some cookies for the social, that would be helpful. I'm rather fond of a peppermint thin myself. <laughs> Whatever you think is best would be great, but I would just like to remind you that Jesus gives us a bounty of choice, and if we all are making strawberry ice cream, the Lord will not be pleased. <laughs> We'd also like to remind you that the Jean family is going to be way out of town, and we need some people to look after their home. So we'll be looking forward to that worker bee session over there. <laughs> Seriously, peppermint thins are my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I have a cookbook at home that he puts out. They put the the teenagers put out a collected cookbook every year. Teenagers, I love that. Um, All the old people they collect up their recipes. Uh, It has a name like you know, the Lord is bountiful or something. I call it cooking with Jesus. Um, (laughs) But Jesus is rather fond of food that starts in a can. It's not just bread and water yeah, no. every page. No. No, no, bread in a can. Really bread in a can. There's a bread, bread in a can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the, really secret, the, secret, the secret to the Wednesday social is to take a box cake, any flavor box cake mix, and that, that is the base. <laughs> a lot of people think that's the cake. That's just the starting point. And then to that, add any tinned fruit you want. Because nobody puts needles in tinned fruit, do they? <laughs> <laughs> The old can-do attitude, isn't it, please? Does he die? Does he die? No, he lives. Thank God it's Friday. I have a notion. He took a tangent. Dean Kitson, Gary Eck and Father Tommy Dean are here today. Now, Edinburgh Zoo are desperate uh, for its giant pandas to solve their sex drought, has ordered staff not to wear high-vis jackets because they've worked out the garish colours of high-vis jackets may be to blame for putting the two giant pandas off mating. 
Is it credible that high-vis clothes could destroy one's sex drive? And what other clothing choices might be fatal to procreation? Jean Kitson. <laughs> well, you're asking, do high-vis clothes uh, affect sex? And I say, try it at home. <laughs> Find out. I would have thought high-vis clothes were great for sex because if you've got your light off which one does, if we're a teenager particularly. <laughs> I don't know about getting down on my knees, but anyway. Um, no, if you've got the light out, having, some, having a partner in high-vis could be very useful because you know where they are and what they're thinking about, where they're coming from, and you could break or, you know, you could, you could take it as a warning, you could go into reverse, you could, you know, pull over on the shoulder, you could... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah, I think it would. I think it would be, you know, with a sign saying right. "Men at Work." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could swerve, you could avoid, you could do anything. You put your hazard lights on. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm speaking for a friend here, and um, but what the definite killer turn off, total turn off for a sex life is a onesie. <laughs> oh, thank God we never had onesies when I was actually having sex. Because, um, because onesies are usually in the shape of some sort of animal or, you know, like it's like having sex with a, mas- a sports mascot or a Disney character with a big head. They're always these weird things. The most sexy clothing you could possibly have was when, you know, in, when, when sex was compulsory in the 60s and 70s and that was, and it was so sexy on men and women and that was a sarong. So I'm thinking with the pandas, you Put them in sarongs and you light a bit of incense and away they'll go. There's a lot of access, isn't there? A lot of access in a sarong. Mm. Access all areas. Doesn't hide much. You know, like you know what's going on in a sarong. Built-in air conditioning. Everything. Isn't it weird? I I understand what you're saying, but but it would seem like high-vis is upsetting the pandas because it's not that the pandas are wearing high-vis. No, the the zoo works. And that's it, because you can see that people are watching and I think nobody likes it. (laughs) Yeah. And they're clearly being watched. That would put me off, too. Um, you know what I would like, I think could be ha- come in handy, is, uh, like, the lollipop guy. Mm. <laughs> when you're in your room. Yeah, because, like, nobody, nobody likes it when their partner, like, tells them what to do. It gets a little bit, hey, yeah, I know what I'm doing here. But mm. if you were, like, quiet guidance from the corner, you know, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Stop. Mm. Slow. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, and then they can be like, "Look, look, let me do it." Oh, yeah. <laughs> cross, cross dress. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, are yeah. you surprised that high vis is uh, rendered? So, you know, well, when I wear my high vis uh, pajamas to bed, my wife's like, "Ah, oh, do you have to?" You know? mm. But I'm like, "Come on, that's you know, that's how we met." You know, I was on the bike, and you're in the car, and then you know, we hit it off immediately. Well, you hit into me, and <laughs> then you you ran off immediately mm. in your car, and I chased you, and that's that's yeah. the love, you know. And then you get, and then I'll be like, "Oh, now you want me to take the helmet off as well?" <laughs> but um, and these cleats, and you know, I'm really excited. Come on, get into it, honey. But we, you know, we role play a lot. So you know, my, yeah, my wife wanted me to dress up as a plumber. Really? Yeah, I know. It was good. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. But she got so upset because the next day I invoiced her for 400 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to have to come back tomorrow, unfortunately. <laughs> with with my electric eel. <laughs> with my electric eel. And then she'll... Yeah. <laughs> 
And she was really mad. I said, look, you need, to, you need to talk to a lawyer. And luckily I can come up dressed as a lawyer as well. And that's going to cost you a thousand bucks. So. <laughs> Who are the winners and losers of the week? Jean Kitson. Oh, the, the winner is everyone's favourite category, and that is the bloke who found a whopping gold nugget called Duck's Foot in Western <laughs> Australia with his metal detector, which, hey. uh, which a metal detector is also good for fruit bowls, by the way. <laughs> and the losers... He was just checking his strawberries <laughs> at the time. <laughs> are we back on the high-vis thing? No, no, sorry. Um... <laughs> And the losers are the ones who are spiking fruit and may a banana skin await you when you run. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Winners and losers, Gary Eck. Uh, I think the losers, maybe they're winners, I'm not sure, but uh, the people that uh, lined up last night, they camped overnight just to get the new Apple iPhone. I find it so bizarre because it's, it's there the next day. It's not like it's, it's out. You can just go in there and get it the next day. You do not have to line up. Like a guy last year, apparently last year was even worse, one guy camped for 11 days and he rang up his mates and said, mate, I'm camping for 11 days, do you reckon you can fill in for a couple? And his mate's like, yeah, no worries, mate. And they came down, they camped. It's like, you idiots. <laughs> Who does that? Like, oh, yeah, I'll go camp for you for a day just mm. so you can get your new iPhone. So it's there. I, don't, I, I find that an extraordinary. And when he ran, rang up to brag, his little battery had run out. Who <laughs> <laughs> well, so was, was the winner? Well, it's kind of, I guess, uh, me because I got the new iPhone, which I can't. Um, <laughs> Tommy Dean, nice. who were the winners and losers? Oh, uh, the big winner, of course, sport. What a giant weekend of sport. If you come into the business end, uh, even though my team is out tonight, huge game. Uh, Melbourne would technically be the answer uh, because tonight they not only have Richmond uh, versus Collingwood, uh, but they also have the Storm game as well. It's going to be the biggest night of sport ever in the history of Melbourne. Uh, so that is deeply, deeply exciting. Uh, the loser, the loser is President Trump. Uh, and I rarely point out his loserness because it's so fulsome. <laughs> but while describing Hurricane Florence, he said it's uh, quite a wet hurricane as far as water goes. <laughs> yeah. And it's not okay to be wet. No, it's no. not okay. Please no. thank Gene Kitson, Gary Eck, and Tommy Dane. Thank you. Thanks for being part of Thank God It's Friday. Next week, Rob Carlton, Tommy Dean and Ellen Briggs. Music from Imogen Clark. Until then, I'm Richard Glover and Thank God It's Friday!